Welcome to Aliens vs. Predator, a show where we will be reviewing every single entry in the Alien and Predator movieverse. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about 1986's Aliens, James Cameron film. Tonight, I'm joined by Mr. George Arevalo from Miami, Florida. What up, what up? Mr. Adam Gumbert from Lexington, Kentucky. Fucking game over, man. Like, fuck it, man. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, Bill Paxson impression to get us started. And uh, just a reminder, um, while we'll be doing these uh, episodes here periodically, we will not be doing our first ranking benchmark until next episode, which will be Predator, at which point we'll check in and uh, we'll, we'll throw out our uh, initial rankings and we'll do that every third episode. Some trivia to get you started before we dive into the discussion of the film itself and give our general impressions. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of trivia, uh, and it makes me my heart break uh, because he's no longer with us, but Bill Paxson apparently uh, incessantly apologized to young Carrie Henn, who played Newt on the set for having to curse in front of her, uh, I guess feeling overwhelmingly guilty. And she put him at ease by saying, it's okay, I don't know what any of these words mean. So... <laughs> I thought that was kind of a cute uh, sweet story. <laughs> uh, speaking of Carrie Hen, um, I, I know like when we were watching the film, I told you guys this, but in the sequence where she slides down the vent and is subsequently captured, she continuously threw the uh, the takes uh, so that she could keep sliding down the the vent. And when the filmmakers caught on to what she was up to, they made her a deal if she would get the shot for them while they were shooting up for or setting up for the next uh, shots. They would allow her to ride that little uh, vent slide over and over again. And, you know, surprise, surprise, she got the job done on the very next take. Um, the alien. Hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's what a kid thing <laughs> so to do, funny, man. You know? <laughs> and only film that she was ever in, by the way. Um, and very much a kid thing to do, like to just be like, whoops, like I, I guess we got to shoot it again. <laughs> Uh, the alien nest that uh, set that was uh, that you see in the film for quite a bit of it was later used as Axis chemicals for Batman 1989. So if you uh, envision the scene where Jack Nicholson's uh, character becomes the Joker, gets tossed off uh, the the balcony and into the chemical vat, all of that like is um, you know left over from the filming of Aliens. We'll do some other trivia as we move through and talk about the film, but I always like to start us off with a couple of cool little uh, facts. So let's dive right in. We'll we'll start with general impressions, uh, George, because you're the virgin to to this film. I like starting with you on these because you have the most pure reaction, you know, probably of all of us. Like since you're seeing this for the first time, what'd you think? Yeah, I think this is working out great because. Like I can go back and watch my review of the the prior movie, and the one thing that stuck out, which I brought, you know, I, I mentioned to you guys very quickly, was in the first movie I enjoyed it, but I was like, I really wish I got to see the alien, the xenomorph in action, you know. And and James Cameron was like, I mean, obviously this is forty years ago, but it's like, hold my beer. You want you want you want to see them in action? We'll give them to you in action. So I fucking I I love this movie. I enjoyed this movie much more than the first um you know obviously more into the action stuff than anything else for these kind of movies but yeah to me i really really enjoyed this movie no we're not really going into too much rankings but i enjoyed it more than the first one i'm not saying it's better than the first one but i i i loved all the action seeing not one not two not three but i don't know how many of these fuckers were were all over there 
um, was pretty awesome. And there was some really, really cool scenes in which you got to actually feel like this thing was a legitimate threat as opposed to a stationary figure like it seemed uh, like it wasn't more more so in the first movie, you know? Yeah, I think like where you get like the first film, like the crews being stalked one by one. Like this is very much like blunt force. Like these things are like overwhelming you, you know, it's it versus like stalking you and like taking you out quietly. Like like, you know, like it's a uh, it's very different f- feel. And uh, the gold, you know, one of the gold standards, along with Godfather 2 and Terminator 2 of like w- how you do a, a, a proper sequel, you uh do something completely original in a lot of ways. And I think the most important thing all of those films do is they expand that world in an interesting way. And I think this one knocks it out of the park. We'll talk about, um, I have a whole separate topic of like what your favorite um, expansion to the universe is like that, that we see in this. And we'll do that for every film uh, that we watch. But um, yeah, man, uh, I am right there with you. This is my favorite. I think like, like not like necessarily like determining best, but like, probably out of all the alien films this is the one that has the most rewatchability to me because it is like it's iconic it's got a it's a roller coaster of a ride like once it gets going it is a little bit slow to like start like i was watching our runtime like when we were watching it um but once the once they hit the gas pedal like it doesn't stop like until the end of the mo- the movie and i think it's you can kind of forgive a little bit of that setup that they have to do in the beginning yeah. how about you oh go ahead let me, let me yeah ch- chime in here i don't i don't think that we mentioned what cut we were watching right so this is a little bit longer than the, yes. the original version right so this is the special edition which james cameron is on record actually at the beginning of the the film saying like is his preferred, preferred uh, version. version they had to um cut it down for theatrical release because r-rated movies as a as a rule uh do less box office numbers anyway just because there's a more restricted audience uh to them uh so it was kind of a one-two punch the the runtime that you know this ended up being which is about two and a half hours would have been kind of a meant that they they would get one less showing per day um the way the math worked out and the studio didn't want to do that so they had to cut it down yep so yeah we did watch uh the special edition and I, i think it's the it's the definitive. I mean, there's no question. Like if you watch the other one, like it's a little bit tighter, but like all the scenes that are added into this, like add tremendous value and like context to everything that's going on. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to confirm that. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're good. Um, so Adam, wh- wh- how, what do you feel about uh, aliens? Do you like aliens? Well, it was fun watching this to realize I've only ever seen the director's cut and not just the original cut. Like I thought. Um, so that I've already watched the good version of the movie. I like this movie a lot. I'm, I'm with George where they, it takes away, for me, it takes away all the horror and all the scary parts of it, but then gives us really cool action and really cool lore, which is the biggest thing that it does is, you know, it establishes the queen, establishes they have intelligence. A lot of stuff is built on in this movie. And I, and the, the whole crew, I like a lot, the whole colonial Marines thing. So I think it's, a very well-made movie and uh, I don't know, maybe in the top of all these movies, if we sit down and think about it, but I just love how they took, here's a claustrophobic horror movie and we're going to turn this into something different, but you know, they're still as deadly as ever. It's just a fun way to take the formula and kind of completely change it with the same criteria. And such a great title too, right? Both of these movies have great, like the alien and then like aliens. It's like such a clever thing that, he ruined that like nobody can i mean i know they did it with predators and we'll talk about that when we get to that because like that ties into some stuff i want to say about that movie but like you know um like no one can really do that again and have it have the same impact it seems so obvious like when you see it like 
Alien. And then like the sequel Aliens like tells you everything you need to know, like going into it about like kind of what you're in for, you know, or at least kind of hints at it. Um, great logo too. Um, but yes, the uh, it's very, very different genre. Um, and you mentioned like taking the horror out. There's a, if you notice like, so the, you know, there's that chestburster scene when they're all in the cocoons. Another little uh, factoid is, you know, James Cameron said that like he knew it was unavoidable. They needed to have like a chestburster scene because it was so iconic, but he wanted to get it out of the way early and wanted to spend as little as time as possible on it just because like he felt like he was never going to top like that original scene. So ver instead of going kind of for shock value, it's more of like a like a wink and a nod and like, you know, let's let's move on. And it, it's the catalyst of when everything goes to shit, because when they, they set it on fire, all the uh, the big boys come out of the walls and shit. So. Before before I say something silly, um, were, were there like books or these movies are like there's novelizations of these two <clears throat> movies later there later. Is, but I mean, at the time, this is the first like this is happening in sort of real time. This the story is being created for the purposes of this movie. Right. Yes. So <clears throat> I, I like you, you mentioned earlier that it was a little slow to start. I agreed that it was a little slow, but I felt like it had to be. In many ways, like you mentioned, that there's there's some things that James Cameron couldn't top, right, in terms of shock factor. But I would argue that he had a significantly harder task yes. because he had to create like a lot of backstory because the first one really didn't have any backstory. Right. Uh, the first movie, you know, this stuff is happening out of the blue while these people are on, you know, space truckers or whatever you want to call them. Right. Um you know, but it's it's very much like that could be like the fourth or fifth fifth episode in a, in a in a TV show, right? Like after you learn about the characters, but it didn't need a whole lot of backstory. But now that you've got um, you know Ripley returning and all that, that, everything that's happened in between, the amount of time that's passed, like I feel like he had to do a lot of work to set up what was going to be the rest of the movie and take it in a different direction. So I think he did an excellent job of that, and that's what I found that was really really impressive. He, Gave us a completely different type of story while explaining, while tying it into the first one, you know? Um, the fact that so much time passed does make it a little bit easier for him, but but still, like, it had, like, I don't know, man, it was a pretty fucking awesome job to follow up that movie, for sure. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, obviously, the action, um, you know, the, the, the tonal changes in the film. I, I want to stop and give a shout-out I think one of the most interesting things that this movie does is it deals with like post-traumatic stress and trauma and to some extent, a little bit of gaslighting, right? Like you don't know it when you're watching it initially, but like clearly like later on in the movie, you find out that the company kind of like knows that this thing like exists and they're making her feel kind of crazy, right? For like telling the story about what happened and you're seeing her deal with not only the trauma of what she's been through, but also of being kind of thrown under the bus and kind of labeled as somebody who has, you know, mental health issues. And like, that's why she blew up the ship, you know? Um, and I think it's a really interesting angle to come out the, and it puts Ripley in, um, at a very different space at the beginning. And it makes it that much sweeter as you work through the film to see her kind of face the demons and start kicking ass. And like, in, in spite of all that and like rising to the occasion, once again, despite dealing with all the trauma. Um, so I, I will say, like, I think she has, she does an, another awesome, she gives another awesome performance for sure. Um, diving, like kind of focusing on the, the post-traumatic stress, all the things that she's afraid of having to deal with again. And the fact that no one's listening to her, 
However, I will say one of the weaker elements of the movie, and maybe this had a bigger impact at the time, given how many movies have probably done the same type of shit since then. But like the company was very obviously sh- like shady from the start. And then the guy that's kind of like, I, f- I forgot his name, but the one that Burke. ends up, yeah, the guy's like kind of her lawyer or whatever, helping her, um, that kind of thing. And then he shows, he comes up, he comes aboard on the ship. Like, like he very clearly plays a role of the, the Android dude from the first one, you know, like it was so obvious from the very beginning, um, you know, that I thought that that was a little weak. Like you could tell like this guy is obviously has a hidden agenda literally from the first moment, you know? Um, so I thought that was a little bit on the weak side because it was so obvious, but I also feel like his, his role in the movie really wasn't that significant anyways. So it didn't really matter, but I, I it would have been, I think the movie could have had that much more if that type of character was more of a surprise or shock um, somewhere in the movie. Whoever played that particular yeah, role. That's of, fair. Like, like if they had revealed one over. of the Marines was like a company plan or something like that, like that would yeah. probably, that would have been like shocking, you know, um, but I think that's that's a, a fair criticism. I don't really know if the what, if the intention was like you as the audience know that this company is right shady and so like they know they knew that you were going to be looking for that anyway and they kind of just embraced it or what um that'd be an interesting question to to ask um you know the filmmakers i'm not sure you know what the intent was um any but you want to give any other general impressions before i move on to some of our our topics here i like the I liked the obviously the the Marines and how different they were. I was gonna say diverse, but you know we already had that. Um, <laughs> it's maybe not the best choice of words, right? But uh, but like I felt like they had a ton of personality. Like all of the all of the different characters, the different Marines, they were they could they could not be any more different from each other. Um, you know, but they obviously had a brotherhood amongst them. Um, so I thought that they added a nice dynamic, you know, you had Bill Paxton's character who was like just a bro, you know, if Rob Gronkowski was a, a, a space Marine, that's who he would be, you know, <laughs> then you have the more serious guy, then you've got the guy who was put in charge and he doesn't, you know, he's never really done anything like this before. And he's kind of a coward, but even he has some redemption, uh, throughout the movie as oh, well. Lieutenant Corman. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, I'm not great with remembering the name. No, no, no. I, I've seen this movie like probably <laughs> at least like 12 to 15 times yeah. like in my life. So I know. Yeah, so <clears throat> I thought that was a really, really good added, added dynamic instead of just making, you know, Marine 1, Marine 2, Marine 3, you know, like just they're pretty good. Yeah. So that's actually you you set me up for a great segue um, to one of our, our recurring segments. Uh, who's your favorite character? That's not Ripley. Again, she's excluded from because I think it would just. It's more interesting if we take her out of the uh, out of the mix. Like, I think she's an obvious choice for, uh, you know, several of these movies, if not all of like the the alien films. So aside from her, who's your favorite character? For me, it's it's a toss up between between, uh, you know, bro Marine, you know, Bill, Bill Paxton's character. Yep. And actually, oh, you said, no. And, yeah. And 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 Gorman. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I kind of really like his his whole character arc. Um, you know, he's in over his head. He's kind of a coward, but when it was all said and done, like he stepped up, you know, he, he stepped up and, and he went out like, like a champ when he didn't need to, he could have, he could have left her, uh, I forgot. What was her name? Vasquez. Vasquez. I know it was, I know it was a traditional Hispanic last name. It was Rodriguez or Lopez, but Vasquez, (laughs) um, you know, and, uh, yeah. And he kind of goes out with her, you know, when he didn't have to could have saved himself, but uh, I kind of think I th- I kind of think that his character felt like he was beyond saving for some of the things that he did leading up to that. 
Um, and that was a, his way to atone and be there for her when he wasn't earlier, you know? So I kind of like that whole, that character arc was a lot deeper than it's, than it seemed, at least for me. Did you see the thing I posted in our, our discord chat, the little excerpt from the script? Um, I've never no. noticed it. I've seen this movie so many times. So no, no. <laughs> when he arms the grenades in the vent uh, mm -hmm. and Vasquez grabs his hand, it's actually like the, the power like shake that she did earlier in the movie with Drake. And it's like her in the last moment showing that like she's in, like embraced him and like accepted him. It's like even better. It's like now I'll never be able to see that and not feel like a little bit more like emotion because, um, you know, it's it's right there in the script that James Cameron, you know, also wrote yeah. wrote this film as well. And uh you know what what a moment that is you know she, like her legs are basically all fucked up from acid she's literally with a handgun because she's out of ammo like fending him off and like you said he uh looks back and just you know doesn't even think about it just like runs back and you know yeah yeah i thought that was a pretty pretty awesome moment for sure how about you adam do you have a favorite peripheral character um i really dig the android in this one I forget his name of course uh name. bishop Bishop. Bishop. This is Bishop. Like I always think the first one's Bishop. I love how they completely switch that because again, we start the movie and Ripley's like a fucking android. <laughs> yeah, her only experience yeah. was awful. And it's like, no, this is completely normal. They don't have that bad attitude anymore. <laughs> and he just George is talking about one of the only actual, you know, quote unquote scary parts of the movie was when he had to crawl through that that tube oh. for like an hour <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But he's just he's like, just, Yeah, let me do it. I gotta do it. So <laughs> He was just down to just do whatever needed to be done. But my actual favorite one watching it now was probably Newt. Uh, just the way that they chose to have her act. Because she'd been by herself for, you know, weeks or a month or however long it had been. Um, she's completely just, like, numb to everything. Like, she's not acting like a kid anymore at all. She's like, whatever. If you die, you die. I, like, I just love the way that the direction of that little girl. She's not scared. She's not, like, being an annoying little kid. She's like, hey, like, I know what's up. And, you know, like, I ain't trying to die. But, you know i've seen some shit so she's shell-shocked really like you know yeah. like i mean she's got the thousand yard stare and like it's it's haunting to see that look on a child's face for sure yeah no so he's not a child at all she's she's just like she's hardened that's like when you see you know people who come who come up in like really bad like you know they don't have a normal childhood and then they grow up and they're just like completely different from what you expect and that's her over the course of a month where she's just like yeah you're right so thousand yard stare she's jacked up she's like, i don't fucking like aliens dude whatever why well, i fucking don't care and uh and then of course we get the scene with her with the the best moment of cinematography in the movie when the alien comes out of the water behind her which is fucking oh, great man. uh so i'll give her give her points for that and she's a kid who's sliding down a slide that's fun too so i'll give it to newt i never would have thought that but rewatching I'm like newt's newt's pretty solid probably my favorite addition to you know the special edition or you know not addition but like the thing that was cut is like all the early Hadley's Hope stuff, like the colony, um, where you see everything like like normal day to day life, and you see her as like an actual regular kid. You don't get that context. Like they don't show her the first time you see New in the like the theatrical cut is when they find her, and she's already got the thousand yards there. I think that contrast is super important to understand like what she was like before and like what she's you know been through and like what she's like now so yeah they're like don't play in the vent kids like yeah that's con so this is crazy because again i've only ever seen this cut of the movie i know we're talking about favorite characters but from the stuff that wasn't in the director's cut that is so necessary that beginning part explaining the kids and they know the vents and you get to see how she is normally and then where they actually get the alien by sending someone out to a ship you know like Go out there, we guess, or what you know, like the shady stuff they're doing. I can't believe that's not in the normal cut of the movie. That stuff is so necessary because otherwise they just show up yep. and it's like <clears throat> you don't know what's going on. 
Yeah. And it's, you don't need to know everything, but it's like it makes no sense without those scenes. Uh, I think like the other huge thing that I don't understand because it doesn't take up much screen time is they uh, they completely eliminate uh, in the theatrical version any mention of uh, Ripley's daughter dying while she's been gone. And I think that's a huge for a lot of different reasons. Um, it, it's huge because you understand her sort of like why she's drawn to new, especially, you know, like she's like in her mind, like it's only been a few months, right? Like since she last saw her da daughter because she's been in cryo sleep and all that stuff. And she's now passed away um, from old age. Um, but, you know, also like I think it's just great character development for Rip like it, it, like there's consequences to her being out there for so long beyond just being traumatized by, you know, a savage alien creature. So um, I guess for my pick, like, who uh, I'm going to go with Hudson because like, I, I just, I love Bill Paxton and I think he has an interesting, he's like the opposite of Gorman in a lot of ways. Like when you watch him, he's got so much, uh, bravado like when they're in the drop ship like me and my squad of badasses are gonna protect you we got all this cool shit and he's like flexing for ripley as soon as the shit hits the fan he completely crumbles like completely crumbles and falls apart and people are constantly having to like calm him down but you see his training kick in like when at the end when they're all crawling through the ceiling he's like in battle mode and he's talking shit again and he's firing and he kind of like gets it back together and i think like you're like you know wow like th that training must have really been solid because like he's been shitting his pants waiting for something to happen and now that it's going down like he's absolutely not like crumbling under pressure anymore he's fucking killing stuff like you know he goes down like a badass too yeah. um fight flight and then fight <laughs> yeah i uh, yeah i guess but like <laughs> but yeah like uh I, I i you know i've always and of course like he's just hilarious he's got some of the best lines in the movie you know game over man as uh i think adam said like at the, at the top of the podcast uh of course like you're on we're on an express elevator to hell going down um yeah i mean he's just uh, i just i love bill paxton and um you know, I think definitely a breakout role for him, for sure. He was in the original Terminator for all of like five seconds. Um, he gets killed like immediately, like in the first scene with uh, Schwarzenegger. But he uh, one of the biker dudes. Yeah, one of the punks with the not uh, so not T two, but T one. Like he, mm -hmm. uh, they're the punks with like looking at the telescope, like out on the top of LA oh yeah, or whatever. yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think he punches through his like chest or something. Um, yeah, he goes down pretty uh, pretty fast. Um and one last thing to mention before we move on because uh, we were talking about cut stuff so the, those early hadley hope scenes by the way um they totally stole that line he or i should say he recycled it for terminator 2 like you know every time we ask they tell us don't ask like that's the whole thing in terminator 2 with cyberdyne is like you know every time we ask them where we got the the chip they say don't ask uh so that's kind of neat um all right, let's talk about what's your favorite new addition to the universe um it can be like literally anything you want. So like weapons, ship, a, a type of like, the, you know, alien, like what's a way that you think or something that you like the, the way that this uh, movie expands the the universe of alien and predator films? What's your favorite addition or expansion? Who's who's going? I can go first. Uh, so there's a really silly one and then a serious one. Okay. I love how they build on that. Everyone crowd sleeps in their underwear. Because all the Marines just in their underwear. That's this is how it's done. It's not just like a weird, 
like we want to get Sorny, we were kind of naked because it's a 70s movie they're like no everyone's in their underwear and t-shirt <laughs> let's go that's a fun one uh but my main thing i mean having the lore of the aliens especially the queen which is the great like that came out and i sorry george i had to take it from you. it was either that or weapons um the queen just like coming out of nowhere because you would not expect that to that point you're just like oh there's a lot of eggs and you know we know eggs turn people into aliens but you know having that actually there and being a menacing force the way it is for the last 20 minutes of that movie is great um and of course just giving it intelligence where she's putting fire towards the eggs and it's like all right back up and i love she like points at her goons and they're like all right fam and they just take a back step and back in the hallway and i'm like i love how they went from just like all right here's the scary monsters that we know about and here's something completely different and it changes everything that we know about the aliens in like you know a whole five minute uh scene so i think that's great a good addition sorry george i took the big one yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah for me yeah for me it would definitely would have been the queen and just their their purpose they have purpose they're sentience they're you know they're uh, like they, they feel they have concerns you know that that it was obviously something that was missing from the first movie when you just think like it was more the the xenomorph played more of a like psycho killer in a you know in a horror movie you know um where here it's just there was a lot more to them without them speaking which is actually pretty cool right being able to tell that that story without words you know uh was pretty cool so after that I can't use that um probably would have to go with the, the marines right um the marines slash their 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 weaponry right the the that fucking chain gun thing that's attached to them or whatever that yeah, is that's a so it's a smart gun the intention yeah. if you play like any of the like old video games is like the reason it's on that rig is like it tracks movement right. and like they they can just pull the trigger and it will like move on its own so that's what yeah. it's supposed so to be doing i thought that was super cool um you know there's just like i didn't know what their what the military looked like right because um you know I feel like in a typical movie like this, the first scene would have been the, the you know, instead of re just regular people, it would have been like military people fighting this thing. That's your traditional action or horror movie. But now you're kind of seeing like a little bit of the organization of, you know, whatever, what, what that looks like. Their, their military force, uh, how they plan to attack or fight these things. Um, and the answer is they didn't have a whole lot of answers. But, um, but that was interesting to see. And especially with the context of the time, right? This is the 80s, so kind of their their vision of the future, you know, uh, which is pretty cool. So, like, those weapons themes still seem futuristic even now, today, right? So uh, putting this in, into perspective for the time, I thought it was super impressive that they came up with that, um, with that idea. Smart gun, right? Like, now we use the word smart for anything that's, you know, automated in any sense. So that's pretty yeah, adding cool. Adding on to that, the pulse rifle... It's just That's straight it. up the assault rifle from Halo. Like it's got yeah. the counter for the ammo and everything. I'm like, yeah, this is just exactly that. And the yep. technology of Mass Effect too. Like, I don't know if you picked up on like number one, how big the ammo counter was on those things, and then like it's caseless ammunition. So there's no yep. like, you know, like cartridges or anything like with the like the bullets. Like they're just like it just kind of like shaves it off, and like like one magazine can hold like what ninety nine rounds or whatever it was like on the counter. Yep. Um, which was uh, on the grenades are super small, but like super explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those Ahead are actually time. Tom yeah. Tommy guns that they uh, like actual Thompson submachine guns, like World War II ones uh, that they converted and like put like molding and stuff around them to kind of hide like what it was like. And they functionally like fired, which is kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Um, 
yeah i mean uh both of you guys took my my top two so for the uh i mean pretty uh, like solid choices right like i mean um the space marines and the and the queen um are fantastic i mean they're they're so integral to like what makes this movie work well um i will say uh, let me think uh the cocooning i think like uh like so adding that as part of like how the aliens work is a neat touch as well so it's not just that they're like killing people and like grabbing them or whatever like you actually kind of see this wall of like bodies that are like encased in like that resin or whatever and and you know the eggs underneath them i think it's kind of a haunting um like grim like addition like when when they walk in there you're like fuck like this is a place i would not want to be right now like you know even knowing the the minimal that they knew like that play like you knew you were in a bad fucking spot with like everybody just encased in you know in the walls with like holes in their chest and stuff like that so i think that was uh that's just a cool uh touch it's something that they actually had in the original alien like director's cut like um that they kind of like recycled for uh for this um Cool. All right. Uh, so next uh, thing I want to ask you guys is what's your favorite scene? Give me like a scene or sequence that is your uh, your favorite. Going first this time, damn it. Just in case uh, Adam takes my shit. <laughs> no, for me, I think I already mentioned it, though, when we were watching it. My favorite scene by far is seeing the like when the aliens are they think that they're going to be coming through the door. So they're barricading the door and sealing them and all that stuff. And then they're actually coming through the vents. But that scene where they pop out and then look and you just see like four or five of them just kind of crawling, actually moving through the vents kind of on the ceiling. I thought that was super cool. Like you, you kind of expected it, but I didn't know how it would look, especially for the time. And I think they pulled off that particular scene like was was super awesome. Um, like you really got to feel like, holy shit, these these dudes are coming after you. They're They're coming to get you. They're organized and you can't you can't stop them the build-up's great too because oh, like they yeah. have the motion tracker and they're like that's like in the compound like yeah i don't see anything and they're like we'll get back to the thing and then they seal the door like you say and they're like like no There's... like that's in the room now like where and then you see like hicks like look up and like he realizes like oh man and it's so bad man it's awesome it kind of reminds me of the fucking michael bluth like well i don't know what i expected when he pops up there and like looks at the light and it just they're all there like it's like he almost kind of knew before he knew but yeah. um yeah that is that's a great pick man like i think that's um yeah fantastic how about you adam you got a favorite scene uh yeah so it's sort of an extended scene it's kind of two scenes but i'll put them in one um the whole when the queen gets detached from her egg sack and starts going after ripley because first of all, that puppet, the chase. Yeah. yeah, the chase, that puppet looks fantastic even now. I love real puppets, and it's a great time. That thing is massive, and the thing is deadly, and she's just getting out of there. And then she gets to the elevator, and then, you know, like she has to hurry up and get in. And then it comes up the elevator. I'm like, what is this thing doing? <laughs> and then we, have, and then the whole fight, um, actually, on the space station. Um, again, it's, like, pretty good. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily hold up, I think, to – you know, today's standards or what an action scene would be. But I'm like, for 86 and an alien and her in a big mech suit, I'm like, this is great. I love that. So everything with, and then of course, ripping Bishop in half was also a fun time because he doesn't die and still becomes MVP after that point. So, but I love everything when the 
the queen alien like starts to go after her that's a good time i think that the fight scene super holds up like i thought i I got that's that's hulkbuster suit iron man right there you know that's that's the kind of vibes that i got yeah for for 86 i think i think it holds up that's what i'm saying for 86 it's fantastic that's what i'm saying like and i feel like that's exactly how a fight like that would go if you got into a suit like that like i feel like so uh, like a, a mech suit that's how it would actually function in real life it would not move like the hulkbuster suit you know like it would not move that fast it would be kind of like that like machinery so i thought i thought that was actually a great fight scene that uh, you know doesn't feel like it's dated at all i think like you know what makes both of those sequences work so well together too like that the ending of that movie would have been epic like if they had just left it at the platform blowing up you know and them escaping like everything that comes up to that point it's such a surprise like when you it seems like they're doing like the wrap up, like, you know, hey, thanks for coming back, Bishop. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry I left, but like, I didn't want, you know, it was unstable, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he gets ripped in half. And then there's that fight, like the power loader fight. Like, I think it's one of the few instances where like kind of the fake ending like works really well in a movie because like what follows is fucking awesome. Like Ripley in that power uh, loader, you know, screaming out, get away from her, you bitch. Like, I imagine like people in theaters probably lost their shit like back, you know, in the day. Like that seems like a, you know, the equivalent of like a in game, like, you know, everyone coming through the portals and Captain America saying like Avengers assemble, like genuinely, like I bet you people like lost their minds um, the first time. They yeah. Saw when that. it's going after Newt under the floor and it's like, again, I love the queen alien uses her tail. Cause again, aliens using their tail is my number one thing. She does it a lot in that fight scene, but like, she just rips open the floor, giant hand goes underneath, and Newt runs. And then from the other side, a giant tail comes through. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, I love this this gigantic. I just again, I love puppets. I'll watch Dark Crystal all day just because there's puppets. But yeah, it, that's that's a great scene. I like it a lot. So uh the Queen took 14 to 16 external uh crew members to operate it, and there was a couple two stuntmen inside it to operate it. So uh anywhere from 16 to 18 people to make that that puppet work. Um and designed by the great late great Stan Winston as well, like who you know we'll see pop up uh, again in the next movie that we're gonna watch, uh, Predator. Like he's just a master of creature design. He also did the dinosaurs for the original Jurassic Park. Like that's a guy who just knows how to design some really really cool shit that work on a on great scale like that. So it's just insane, man. Like technology has come a long way, but you gotta respect like the effort it go it would go like. The, the lengths that the people would have to go through to to make those things happen like imagine building something essentially from scratch like there's no you don't go to some school to like learn how to pilot a fucking queen alien like you know like <laughs> and then you got two stuntmen in there like actually working this thing moving it around like like that's that's pretty intense man granted it takes a lot of skill to cgi stuff and create di- things digitally but but damn, like building that thing, moving that thing, organizing it, you know, God, having a, a prop that takes 15, 16 people to work. That's that's crazy, man. And that's like that's the magic of filmmaking, right? That the, the mystique that you would always have growing up of the things that go on behind the scenes. Now we kind of know what goes on behind the scenes, fucking green screen and and computers, which is, like I said, still impressive. But, um, you know, like all the illusions and, and the things that they, they would make you think that you're seeing to make mo- movies happen you, you d- definitely don't get that anymore you know and it's it's something that's that's uh 
should be appreciated for sure. You know? Never just quite for me, like anyway, like as immersive, you know, when you like when you see something like in real space versus like, you know, you can and, tell, man, I, as someone who's grown up watching mostly movies like that, right? Like apart from your your obvious stuff, but like I, there's not a whole lot of movies I've seen where they do that apart from Star Wars, you know? Um, yeah. So seeing seeing them do that is, is pretty, pretty freaking awesome, honestly, and pull it off. Yeah, like Frank Oz said that, like, you know, uh, when he would do tests for like the Yoda puppet, for example, like people would actually like within like a couple of minutes of getting used to like they would interact like with the actual puppet, like like intentionally, like or like subconsciously, I should say, like would lock eyes and like make eye contact like with the, and they were actually reacting to and like performing with like the puppet like seamlessly because like you know, it's something there. Like I imagine like digital Yoda, you probably like, there's probably something lost there, you know, like having something like that on screen, you know, that also goes to, you also got to give some credit where it's due, right? These actors that are able to pull off these amazing performances without seeing anything there or seeing, or worse, right. You've seen some dude in like spandex, right. (laughs) You know, like imagine talking with talking to Gollum or something like that. And in the Lord of the Rings movies, you know, like you're just talking to this. So what is it? Is it Andy circus? Yeah. Andy Andy circus just sitting there in fucking spandex suit, you know, like, and still be able to able to have like these impactful, like iconic scenes in movies, you know, like actors get credit either way, but uh, it's the, behind the scenes stuff that is just so so impressive to me that i don't think i i I quite appreciate it until i watch these movies and you can kind of tell because cgi these days is awesome right like the stuff looks real but when you then see these puppets you know and animatronics and whatnot like there's a big difference that thing is actually there and you can fucking tell you know that that is not some cgi shit and not because it looks cheap but just because it looks so real yeah and i think in this avp when we go even to the more recent movies, this series, you know, Alien and Predators are pretty good with having costumes and practical stuff, I think, pretty much throughout the entire thing. So that, that'll be fun to watch. Another movie that does it well is the older Jurassic Parks, right? Like now they're all CGI. But when you look at some of those those dinosaur puppets, the Triceratops, all that stuff, like super cool, man. You know, Ace Ventura, you know, coming out of the, the rhino. <laughs> oh my god that's not cgi no, certainly not <laughs> but you know it's it you know it definitely they definitely deserve some appreciation for that man. i cannot wait for you to see this next puppet creature thing that we deal with in the next movie it's it's a fun one um wait. yep i will i definitely have some stuff to talk about that too because uh, another interesting story about uh the casting and the person that paid, played uh plays the uh, title character uh, my favorite scene is uh, since I can't, I, I don't want to again duplicate. So really, technically, my second favorite is uh, probably like the entire sequence where they find the cocoon and walk through like that. Like it's the first time you kind of see like the aliens adapting and like what they can do over a long period of time. Like you only kind of saw in the original, like the alien like walking around the ship and kind of hiding and stalking people. Here is like this is what would happen like if these things like are running rampant. Um, and then of course, like the subsequent ambush, you know, just watching the Marines, like get there to quote Bill Paxton, uh, they get their asses kicked, like, you know, like squarely, like they lose like most of their squad and it goes from bad to worse, uh, Ripley, you know, rescuing them and then coming out and immediately the fucking, like their rescue ship just crashes because, you know, they don't realize that the person's been attacked as, as they're, uh, you know, coming in to, to pick them up. So, um, yeah, I think that whole sequence is great you know that they're not allowed to use their weapons, you know, because they've 
pointed out that they're in this reactor. You know it's not going to go well. Like it's just it builds a lot of good suspense, and I think like the execution, kind of seeing it all through their helmet cams for a good portion of it, kind of adds to like the chaos a little bit. Um, you know, and feeling a little helpless alongside like Ripley and Gorman, and watching these people just like their their feed just cut off, and you know they're they're gone. Sweet, and of course that set is just fantastic. You know, like we've talked about like a lot of the uh creative aspects like once again like set design just out of the park like the the way everything looks is uh is just top notch all right um what is your favorite death so who gets death of the movie for you i feel like this is a it's as easy for me right it's the gorman and vasquez scene it's pretty good one that's you know they're not getting killed by aliens they're they're going out on their own terms, you know, uh, the last little bit that they can hang on to definitely the, 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 the best death for me, for sure. Um, yep. Adam, how about you, man? And how does the, the snitch dude die again? The corporate guy. So he's trying to uh. lock them out, uh, like from escaping, like when the aliens are breaching the compound mm-hmm. and then he goes into like one way like he zigs and they end up zagging because they're locked out and he's he's the one that gets eaten like he thinks he's going towards safety what he's actually done is like given them a fighting chance to go through the the vents like because they can't go through there they end up going through the vents and end up being safe might not actually be my favorite one but that guy deserved it so i'm putting that number one (laughs) it's the most satisfying i think certainly like it's probably the only person in the movie that's like not an alien like or like you know a creature i should say that like dies at like where you're like yeah this like this is somebody i was hoping to uh uh, to die um i mean yeah that's guessing gorman's pretty hard to top like you know i'm gonna go with my homie bill paxton again uh, again just because i love that like he's shitting his pants for like 45 minutes straight and he's, he's talking mad shit like oh you want some fuck you you know just firing off grenades and like you know shooting everybody and like he's dialed in and then the floor like he's just looking up and he's looking out and then the floor opens up and like down he goes and you can kind of see the hands pulling him and he's like you know trying to reach up and and adios man it's it's a rough one but uh he he also kind of goes out heroically you know (laughs) um not as heroically of course as gorman and vasquez but it's still pretty pretty good you're not expecting it at all you know to come from below you figure like something's gonna overwhelm him and nope it's not only were they coming from the ceiling, but they're coming from the floor apparently too. So it makes it that much more uh, like, you know, tense in that scene. Yep. All right. Um, so I think that brings us to, do you think it holds up? Like, you know, the question that we're going to ask for probably most of these movies, like as we start getting maybe more recent, like, um, you know, like that might be more of a like redundant question. I mean, it, it'll be more like, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll alter that a little bit. Something um, like maybe do you think it was necessary or something like that? Like maybe if it, yeah. Like does it does it stack? Like does it meet the expectations for the time? Right. Yeah. Like like these movies. Yeah, for sure. The first one holds up. This one I would think holds up even more because yeah. the the action aspect to it just it has a much broader appeal. I think you know anybody could watch that and still dig it. Um, they don't rely and there's not a whole lot of the the weird because obviously the stuff that still looks cheap are like the space effects right like ships and that kind of stuff still looks kind of cheap it looks it's better in this one but mm-hmm. just the actual you know shooting you know the shoot 'em up stuff the aliens all that stuff looks looks great it can easily hold up 
um definitely still ahead of its time but yeah i think as we get closer to the more recent movies it'll be like is this shit on par with the stuff that they have available to them you know you're gonna get less of a pass as we get to newer and newer movies and what they have available to them so you know yeah we'll figure it out like i I think i may ask the question is like like was this movie necessary because i think like as you get further into the timeline there are definitely some entries that are very questionable where it's like was this does this add anything like interesting or was this just a cash grab right is this just is just throwing a you know something at the wall to see if it sticks kind of thing i did kind of off topic but i did want to mention something one thing that i really appreciated about this movie and granted i didn't see the the theatrical version so i don't know what was cut and what wasn't or how much in, in time but um i felt like this movie gave us a lot of things that they didn't need to give us they could have they could have cut a lot of the stuff that they gave us in this movie in terms of lore like when you said that it had like a second ending um or an extra ending rather um like they didn't have to do any of those things for this to still be a successful good commercial box office hit um but i felt like this movie just had like it was written all over that it just wanted to be done right um and you could see that with all the stuff that they give with the length the back the background story the you know the, the second ending doing everything right I thought was 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 really awesome. They could have made they could have cut out 45 minutes of this movie or an hour of this movie and it still would have been a success. It would have been fine. People would have enjoyed it. Um but they actually wanted to give us a complete full and finished product. So bravo for that, man. Yeah, the budget was 18.5 million as oh opposed my God. to crazy. I'm trying to think of like what the uh inflation for that was the first one like 11 million or something yeah i'm I'm looking back to see 18 uh, million in 1986 right yeah 11 million so about 7 million more you know with a seven-year differential so that is that's still a pretty low budget for you know for that kind of movie that would be um 43 million today yeah and so and like i think like it's a good use of like money, like every, like you know, it has like a high product. I I think like high production value, like it feels like a like a big budget, um, film. Uh, certainly garnered a lot of um, you know, t- talking a little bit about the success, um, for a second since you touched on that. Uh, numerous Academy Award nominations, which was awesome. For the including- record, for the record, when you're talking about budget, right? So that movie's eighteen million dollar budget would be forty three million dollars today. Mm-hmm. In 2021, that very terrible Prometheus movie that I didn't like had a budget of 130 million dollars. Just for to put things in perspective. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Chris. I mean, yeah, it goes to show, like <laughs> I said, like show like how, um, like you know, like you can really spend um, like your money well or kind of squander it and stuff. Um, so yeah, I was gonna say like so there there you know were a lot of uh, Academy Award uh, nominations uh, for this film, um, so including Best Actress uh, for Sigourney Weaver, which is like must have been an honor because you think like even now by today's standards like we really still uh, stop and talk about when a superhero ends up like in like a Best Picture discussion or like a, a performance in a superhero movie. It's a big deal. Imagine '86 like a sci-fi like action movie like this to like to to get accolades like that um you know must have been quite uh exciting you know like and it's it's cool like that it was well received i mean it was a hit it was a smash at the box office um and you know i think cemented probably a lot of like you know the the 
the success like and kind of this becoming a franchise versus like just like a you know one off with like a, a sequel um adam do you think it holds up um yeah i think it holds up extremely well everything except for one casting choice with george hates uh, <laughs> yeah really elephant in the up. room uh so jeanette goldstein we've kind of <laughs> mentioned it is uh a jewish american actress and she plays vasquez um and uh i mean uh, different times man that was 86 today. i, I yeah. can't get mad about anybody yeah i would i'm not ago. i was i'm just i'm just giving shit i wasn't i wasn't i was giving I wasn't you shit a, too i <laughs> was not a, i was not upset by it by any means but it just shows different times man that shit would not fly today you wouldn't have a someone who's I not mean, hispanic playing scarjo you know <laughs> that's all i'll say but, we even made the yeah. joke that the black sergeant should have just his last name should have been hernandez or something like that just yeah. to like be ridiculous but no this movie's great it still holds up i think it even to today's standards uh it's still like a super solid action movie so yeah it's great um yeah i mean i i, I agree with, with both of you i think this this holds up extremely well again the influence is as massive not only in like you know within the franchise itself but like uh outside of that like and if you play through any of the halo campaigns there's always references to this like intentional references uh lines like the character of johnson um in halo the sergeant is you know definitely like confirmed to have been based on a, a pwn the the black sergeant from uh aliens who was a real life um army uh sergeant uh prior to, to becoming an actor al matthews um and like I, I think, like I said, just it's undeniable, right? Like when you think of sci-fi action, like most things are gonna are come back to this for for an influence because it really wasn't. I mean, you had Star Wars, of course, like you know, but that like is a very different thing than Aliens and the type of action that you have, the adult themes, you know, like this is very much like gritty sci-fi action, where Star Wars is kind of fantasy sci-fi action, and I think a lot of the, what came after it, it was uh, a huge debt to to this movie I mean, it's super influential um and i think that about wraps it up if, unless you guys want to touch on anything else uh before we were we giving scores did we we gave scores in the first one we right give, yeah we could give like a like a number of score if yeah if you want to sure okay. we're not ranking yet but yeah we can we're not ranking like, well it'd be interesting yeah give out the scores and then rank it later to see if it's consistent right this would be a good way to come go back and compare um recency bias and whatnot but uh Okay. All right. I, okay. I'll, I'll give it to me. This is a 10. Um, I think I gave what an 8.9. I think it was to yeah, eight, nine. alien. So to me, this is 10 to me. This is, uh, I, I'm giving it context with the time. Is this the, my favorite movie of all time? No, but giving what, like the impact that it had on me watching it for the first time in 2021, like that is to me, like a masterpiece, right? If you can show someone that movie for the first time, some 35 years later and right 35 years or my is my math huh? yeah 35 or so years um and and Spot it on. yeah and it hit like that that's that's a that's fucking good that is that is up there there's very few movies that i've watched that could do that you know you've got the godfather star wars of course but um yeah man this this to me i'm i'm putting it up there as a as a 10 uh so I'm a little nervous for the next for the for the rest of these movies because I know I know that there are some not so great ones that we're gonna watch at some point. I know that you still have <laughs> some you you still have plenty of good stuff ahead, so I can yeah. put you at ease. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, like you know, there's some stinkers. I know that <laughs> that and also like we're peaking pretty early. Like not to imply that this is like definitely my top pick or anything, but I mean like this is obviously a high point, right? Like 
be stupid to say anything otherwise so um but like you there's still some really i mean including the next movie we're gonna watch i can't i think you're gonna fucking love that um it's it's tough because like for me like a tennis traditionally has to be something that's perfect and i don't think this is perfect but i'm trying to think of it in context it's a sequel you have a new director the amount of things that he has to make work here i just find it super impressive all around you know like it's just such a good such a great i think it's a perfect job more so than a perfect movie you know perfect yeah that's when i think of like how like i'm gonna rate a movie yeah. I, I think like what was the intent right like um and then like how successful was like the intent of like what they're they're trying to do right like for something like that like um you know if the intent of a movie is to like make me laugh and like you get a couple chuckles from me like i'm not gonna get like how you would rate like a perfect comedy versus like a perfect drama is very different things right like um so anyway but not to digress too much adam what would you score like if you're gonna put a score on it i gave aliens the original alien my bad uh, a nine i would also give aliens a nine and they're different nines they're nine for a different reason but i feel that they're both extremely good movies on their own for different reasons but i've at this moment i put them about equally like i you know we'll get to whenever we actually rank them but it's hard for me to decide which i like better between alien and aliens because they're so different yeah. So I'm going to put them, they're both great. So I'll put them both up there, but I don't, I wouldn't personally rate it higher than the original, yep. but it's rating is also based off a different criteria completely. Yeah. That, I couldn't have put it better. They're, they're completely different movies and there's no secret that this, this, this one just appeals to me more, but I feel like the, like what put the reason why I, get, I'm a, I was at a nine, but the reason I gave it that extra point is because Dude, like how often do you see a movie where like you've got one person take it in this direction, right? And then someone goes in a completely different direction, makes a completely different movie with the same subject matter and completely fuck it up. <clears throat> Star Wars. But, um, you know, like and, and it's hard to do for, for James Cameron to take this to take Alien and then make something completely different using all of the same stuff and the same set and and you know everything that's going on and and still give you a banger like a hell of a movie and do that good job good job that's what puts it over i think you know he's such an intelligent director and understanding like probably what the non-negotiables were right like i want to do a different movie but like here's the stuff that needs to be like consistent um you know in the the universe right so like having the face huggers having the chest burster like the acid for blood like uh the company you know like and even going back to lv426 like the planet i think is a smart choice because like you know it it allows you to it allows for a little bit more like tension and suspense because when you were first watching that movie you're like i don't know what's gonna happen exactly and this one like you know like what's out there and like you know what the threat is and and how serious it is and you know um amping up the stakes early on and saying oh yeah there's like a whole comedy of like families there like you know he he takes it in a different direction but he's smart in keeping the things that like you know really work and are gonna like you know he'd be stupid to to throw out while still expanding stuff like we talked about um i'm gonna give this a 10 as well um for uh not only suspense reasons but because i i I firmly believe that i gave alien a 10 i'm giving this a 10 like it's the hardest discussion that i have you know internally and like with other people of like how which one is like better because like i said i i it's easy i can easily say this is probably my favorite of the two like rewatchability that doesn't necessarily you know mean that i think it's the best and like that's uh, it's gonna be a hard thing to talk about when we do our next episode and actually rank these because 
they are both such good movies but as you guys have pointed out like oh uh, it's been kind of the theme of the show they're very different from one another and i think that's that's a good thing you know by all means but it does make them hard to compare when it gets down to it it's going to come down to personal preference just what style of movie do, do, appeals to you the most you know i think that's that's what it comes down to like yeah like i can't take anyone seriously that tells me that one movie is is be- definitively better than another it's just like which which appeals to you more which one do you just find more interesting based off of what you like but as far as like a product that's put together the, the whole production both of these movies are just as good um you know i'm inserting that personal preference now it's really the only difference between these two movies for me personally yeah it'll be uh a very interesting interesting discussion um next week when we <laughs> get to our first um benchmark um you know especially when comparing these two predator i feel like is so different from both of those like that'll be a little easier to like comp- especially you can compare apples to apples i think with predator and uh aliens like and you'll kind of see why like when we watch it i don't i want to keep your you know uh I don't want you to have any preconceived notions, but like you'll see what I mean. Um, watch it. That's another one. I can't wait. It's just well, you guys ruined that that meme, the handshake meme, because what I, I would have seen that at some point in the damn movie, and I would have been like, <laughs> "That's okay. You'll 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 find some uh, some other you know stuff that you def like lines and things like that. You're gonna yeah. be like, I, w- I wonder if I would have picked up on that. I'm like, is that the meme? Is that is that the fucking meme? <laughs> Yes. So I'll yeah. be keeping an eye out for that for sure. Also, for any listeners, you know, if you're listening to these as they come out, I believe Predator is on Hulu. So I believe that's all I'll be watching it. Oh, and speaking of which, by the way, in case anyone is interested, I saw this too late, but INDB TV, like the app on Fire Stick, Roku, is showing Alien for free, completely free. Nice. Or you, or you can pay five bucks like an idiot like me instead. It's okay. But, Free is free. <laughs> and, you know, of course, it's all dependent on when you're listening to this, too. Like, because all that shit changes all the time. Um, so there's that caveat as well. We'll just toss out there. But um, Predator is going to be pretty simple. There's only one cut that I know of that exists out there. So um, if you're watching along and you want to watch it ahead of our uh, podcast, you just it's the one and only Predator. Um, and if you really want to go ahead, uh, Alien 3 will be watching the assembly cut of that. Um and that does it for for this episode. Thanks for hanging out, fellas. Uh, I can't wait to watch the next movie. And uh, I would say probably, you know, for the audience members out there, you could count on about every other week for us releasing episodes until we're caught up to like, you know, a calendar like because there's 12 movies, 12 months. Um, we'll eventually move to probably a monthly release once we're caught, caught up. We got a little catching up to do. Um, but for now, you can probably expect our next episode in about two weeks. All right. That does it. Have a good day, good night, and thanks for listening. Peace.